Welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this episode is our toe, our dipping our toes into the incredibly immense pool that is divination. <laughs> Humans want to know the future. Uh, it's kind of just a fundamental part of who we are and what makes us human. I think at its simplest divination is the act of learning or divining the future through supernatural means. Um, and that supernatural part is kind of important because it implies that you're tapping into something bigger than, you know, the greater than that we like to use here. Mm-hmm. And it includes a very wide variety of techniques, a few of which we'll tackle tonight. Um, and I'm hoping that this will be a jumping off point for a series of podcasts where we really kind of dive into how we use, because you and I both use mm-hmm. different forms of divination yeah. in our work. Definitely. And uh, because we use different forms, that's at least two different episodes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, it includes a wide variety of techniques. We can also use divination or the methods for divination to talk to the gods or the greater than. So for our purposes, how I'm kind of defining it and moving forward with it is we're talking about ways to know things, to know things that are not through traditional communication. Yeah. Not for your five normal senses. Right. And... Um, obviously the Claire's fall in here and I know we've done a Claire's episode, but the Claire's fall under divination, but because we've already done an episode of them, we're not going to talk about them very much. Yeah. Many pagans and many witches use some form of divination in their work, whether that's to use to communicate through to ancestors or spirit guides or deities or whatever. Um, and we do have a lot of historical examples of means of divination, the Oracle at Delphi. Mm -hmm. is a great example of divination used on a political scale. Yeah. Even Nostradamus. Everybody knows Nostradamus. So in this episode, I really got a kick. I had such a good time um, finding some of the more obscure types and methods of Mm -hmm. divination. Uh, Some of, and of course, we're going to cover some of the more common ones too, but most of the ones we're going to talk about for this episode are a little more out there. And yeah, I was a like, more fun. what? Oh, but what? they were so fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. Yes, they just, were pretty funny. I really got a kick out of it. Um, and there's a lot of overlap in terms and definitions. Um, so it may sound that it may end up sounding like we're starting to repeat ourselves, but we'll try to be very aware of that. The first thing I found that amused the bejeebies out of me <laughs> <laughs> was a book entitled The Life of, Ar- of Gargantua and of Pantagruel by Francois Rabelais. Rabelais? There's a book written in about the 16th century as a work of satire. But when I started digging in a little more, I was like, mm, I kind of get the feeling that this is tagged as satire as a way to get away, get away with writing about the occult in yeah. a very... So you don't get burned. Yeah. Yeah. It, bingo. Exactly. So what's interesting about this book is it has examples of over 24 different types of divination. Um, and as a work of satire, that doesn't feel satire. 
<laughs> it's a little too uh, descriptive for her satire. Yes, and there were uh, there were other things in, when I was reading about this book. So that book, written in the 16th century, had 24 different types. The Wikipedia article on divination lists over 350, yes, I counted them, names. It's almost one for every day of the year. Yes, yes. Uh, 350 various names. Now, there was overlap because... I was going to say, was there like one that's well major one that really, like the 10 subtitles or something out of it? or So, if there was a type of divination that had a popular different name, hmm. so like, generally speaking, the wiki article tried to keep to the sort of Latinized versions. So like, oh, now I can't even think of like cartomancy or bibliomancy you know tried to stick to those more latiny yeah. sounding terms yeah. but in, if there was tradition that used that concept but had a specific name for it that specific name had its own little entry okay but generally speaking there were still over there's still well over 200 humans. yeah there was easily over 200 different types wow. of divination in just the wikipedia wikipedia wow. article so did you pick your top 10 or 15 weird ones i tried really hard to pick some very basic ones that anybody could do okay. with very limited training okay and then i decided that some of the really weird ones were too weird to not <laughs> mention mention and by weird i mean how would you do some of those like yeah. some of them i can't you know and, and some of them come from this, different cultures or a lot of them are from a lot of there were a lot that are traditionally traditional culturally based yeah um unless it had now you can use these methods but some of the more fine-tuned rituals around them mm -hmm. are going to be closed practices for some of them just be aware going in and i made sure to note hey friends <laughs> we're not doing this because that's not for us yeah but generally speaking most of them are open practice. Okay. Because I do try to be very careful about that. Yes, you do. <laughs> Overwhelmingly, the themes are observing and observation, like noticing patterns in nature or yeah. noticing patterns in physiology or just noticing patterns. Numbers um, that show up. No, yeah. Like always seeing 111 when you look at the clock or those are patterns. Yeah. And supposedly messages. Supposedly. I don't get numbers. I mean, I understand the concept of numbers, which yeah. is good because I work in tech, but <laughs> <laughs> all zeros and ones. Um, I see one, one, one on the clock all the time. I see. I have never, I'm not somebody who gets messages that way, which is really interesting to me because it's not that I don't believe other people do because I absolutely do believe that other people do. Yeah. I just have never, yeah, I've not never saw the pattern yeah. in it. Yeah. Reading. And by reading, we mean things like reading the cards, reading specific passages, reading specific messages. There's a variety um, that were of fortune-telling devices that were super popular during the Victorian era. Because for all we think of the Victorians as being straight-laced and very fuddy-duddy, though they were super into the occult, yeah, they were super into talking to spirits and super into knowing the future yeah. and they would have parlor games that you could go buy and we had one at the museum where you could 
you set out the game and then you pick a slip of paper and you ask the spirits the questions and you pick a slip of paper and on that slip of paper is your answer. It was a magic eight ball. Oh, the beginning of it. Yeah. 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 But those are, and those, um, there's methods of those that go back in China where you have a specific answer. And I'm not even talking about the I Ching here, although that is also a type of that. Hmm. So reading and throwing items to see the results. So throwing bones, throwing runes. And where were the ones, like there were stones before the runes, like, Mm -hmm. um, but they said that like they were finding them, but no one knows the the way that it was done anymore, but they right. figured that was the precursor to runes. Yeah. Yeah. So like bones too. I follow a gal on TikTok who has created her own collection of little things, charms, pendants, rocks, what have you that has created her own system that just it jives with her it makes sense to her and mm. she'll throw her trinkets and I and she gets really interesting readings from this collection of stuff she's made up on uh, her own well yeah I mean it, anything could be a representation of mm-hmm. whatever you and whatever it means to you like we were talking about taking a scrabble board and assigning values to the different letters mm-hmm. and throwing it or whatever it all they're just tools, different tools of accomplishing the same thing to me. Yes. Oh, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Side note, I bought a Ouija pillow. <laughs> I saw your Ouija tassels. It has tassels. That's so cute. I love it. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, so we're going to start off with cartomancy because that tends to be the one people most think of. It's the one I use the most. I, it's just the word that cracks me up. Yeah. I wasn't reacting to you oh, saying I was like, well, I wasn't reacting to your pronunciation. I just reacted to the I, word. I could be pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. I'm sure you're right. So uh, under cartomancy, we're going to have any oracle decks. We're going to have any tarot decks. And yes, I do personally differentiate. Um, and we'll get into that in a later episode. You can use regular playing cards. It's part of a broader category, actually, that is called by the paper. Hmm. Um which would include things like your fortune cookie or the Victorian parlor game yeah. that I said. Anything that's... Yeah. Any, anything where you're pulling a piece of paper or a piece... Yeah. Bibliomancy is different than cartomancy because it's specifically referring to, to using passages in, in a book to predict the future. Now, okay, start just... it off. Just a book, not a, not the. So it started off as being exclusively biblical use. You use the Bible, but nowadays, any book that has it should have meaning to you, the the re, the the person asking the question. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily go grab any old book from the library and use it. Yeah, I would use something like the Dresden series or Tolkien. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. But how you traditionally, how you do it is you, you know, you get form your question in your head Mm -hmm. and then you flip the pages until you're guided to stop. And then you scroll down the page until you stop and then you read 
the the passage and that's supposed to give you either the answer or the direction or or what have you I've used it a couple of times I used to use it a lot more when um my kids were real little Hmm. to pretty good success um I, I was mostly using it as kind of a meditation aid okay where I would focus I would ask my question and then find my answer and then kind of meditate on that yeah um I haven't, I haven't actually done Biblia Nancy probably for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Probably. Scrying is a very overarching term. Like, it's a very broad term. But it's a, a method or methods that include using things like crystal ball, clear ponds. You could use a clear river, you know, any, any clear body of water, really. Mm-hmm. Smoke gazing would count in some cases. It's basically attempt to, an attempt to gaze into the thing and see the shapes that form when you separate your conscious mind from what you're seeing. Hmm. Kind of. It's hard to explain, really. When I've done it, it's kind of like watching TV. When I stare into my scry- scrying bowl, eventually the water kind of disappears and the images are like a bad TV reception. Hmm. And they're not always, they don't always make sense. Pretty much my visions every day. <laughs> and I'm not super great at scrying. I know, I know people who are very good at it. One of my old mentors hmm. was incredible at it to the point where she could describe parts of my house that she'd never been in. Oh, wow. It was a little creepy. <laughs> um, our romancy is the use of weather patterns. And... I suspect that using weather patterns to predict the future is actually how we came into predicting the weather as opposed to predicting the future future. Yeah. But under this umbrella would also be using lightning and thunder. So the space between lightning and thunder or Mm. the shapes of lightning, where lightning strikes, cloud formations, being out staring at the clouds is that a rabbit what's a rabbit mean oh my gosh someone's pregnant um (laughs) squirrel (laughs) and then on a larger scale things like storm patterns and droughts which again i don't really understand how that would work because that's not something i practice yeah and i i don't really have cause to practice it yeah not unless we can get it to rain and the temperature to drop 20 degrees please do this be a raindrop acumancy or achiomancy is divination by sharp object. <laughs> right? It's so good. I won't use it. <laughs> but just asking for trouble. So when I looked into it, it was very vague, but it definitely is an ancient form of divination. I found one form that specifically called for using 7 to 21 pins or needles of either metal or bone and tossing them into water or powder and looking at the patterns that they made on the surface of the thing you threw them on. So more than just tossing them to, you know, read them and their patterns, it's important that they were tossed onto something, I guess, maybe so you could see the drag, like drag marks would mean something. Yeah, maybe. You can use a person's body to predict the future, and we, almost every person, has done it in some way. Yeah. Um, palmistry. What is my lifeline? What is my marriage line? Yeah. Um, my daughter is very good at reading palms. 
very, very good. Reading the bumps on a skull and the bumps and notches on a skull phrenology was a huge thing <laughs> in the Victorian era. Bumps on your skin, freckles, patterns and freckles. Moles. Yeah, exactly. Now, next one. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I kind of just glanced over because I wanted to kind of be more where I was listening to you and not following through. And I got to that one and I went, <clears throat> okay. Well, I like this one because we go, our, our gut instinct is going to be to recoil from it. Yeah. But when I explain it, everybody is going to go, oh, wait, necromancy, working with the dead. But it's interesting because technically it's just, the, technically the definition is the use of the dead, which means, I mean, if you really wanted to get Technical, squidgy, yeah, you're yeah. calling them back. And... Yeah. But listen, and it can be as, it can be, making sacrifices and that can include literal like animal sacrifices please don't please don't tell me about that mm -hmm. um i'm not going to judge you if you choose to do that but i'm going to ask you not to share it with me right. um please don't sacrifice humans that's illegal mm -hmm. that's illegal do that that's illegal or it can be communication with those that have passed on and I honestly don't know a single witch in my real life that has not communicated with ancestor spirits in some way. Yeah. Um, I do it all the time. Like now, to be fair, there are a lot of cultures and, and closed practices that still use uh, the use of animal entrails to determine whatever it is they need to determine. Yeah. Um, those are close practices to most white people. So just please don't jump in and start trying to do that. Um, but necromancy as an overall concept, I think a lot of witches use in some way because we do communicate yeah. with people who have passed on. Yeah, you think of the spirit and not the body. That's yeah. where my mind went, we're like, what are they doing with dead people? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Need to change the name though. I well, there's, it's kind of a broad term. Yeah. <laughs> Geomancy it can include patterns in the earth or rocks. So like actual patterns in the mountains, actual patterns in the rivers, things like that. But it can also be earthquakes or changes in the earth. So if there's been a big storm or a big earthquake, what are the cracks in the earthquake like? What are yeah. they telling you? Gyromancy is the use of dizziness, which is much like the whirling dervish, Sufi practice, Sufi, I believe, practitioners, the Muslim, maybe they're not Muslim, maybe they are Orthodox Greek, but there's a group of monks that will spin and spin and spin and spin as a form of their meditation. Hmm. And I think that that would fall under this. Yeah. Hagiomancy. It's through the saints, which cracks me up so hard. Uh, it just amuses me how riddled with witchcraft Catholicism is. And I will not be taking questions at this time. <laughs> I do have a archangel on deck. Oh, yeah, you do. So you could, and most, most Catholic stores, like, have little decks. Yeah. Or little, the little cards of the, of the saints. Yeah. Um, but there's like you could do an open-ended prayer and then whatever saint came to visit yeah boom that's who you, you know what are they saints of what does that tell you about them 
I, there's not a technical term for this, or I couldn't find a technical term for this, but melting things and watching how the petals form, is but it's done with wax all the time. Hmm. Um, it's done with molten metals in some practices, which I found really interesting. Watching how watching smoke and noticing any shapes or what direction or you know, yeah, those are normal. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Numerology is another one that most people are very, very aware of. Yeah. Can be used to tell you the future or at least tell you if something's a good, you know, a good move for your future. If you add up all the the numbers. Reading the remains of tea, the tea in a bottom of a teacup. Everybody knows it's tea reading. Um, Could be done with coffee grounds. Yeah. My Nana was a red tea leaves, but... Like I've told you before, she predicted someone, I forget whether it was a death or something, and she never did it again. She's like, nope, not going to do that. So those are just some very varied types of divination. So, you know, that's just kind of an overview of some of the ways you can try to predict the future. I am a tarot card reader. I pull cards literally every day. Yeah. And some form so i use cards i i use the cards and when i say i use them to predict my future i'm really looking at the big picture like i'm looking at what is the vibe gonna be today yeah like is there an unexpected obstacle that i need to you know i'm not asking it for the lotto numbers yeah i'm not asking it right i'm not i'm not trying to get the greater than to tell me all the details because yeah. otherwise I'm not le- learning my lessons yeah. for this time around. Exactly what you're here for. But there are people out there that use my services to ask, is this a good move for my future? Yeah. And the cards can tell me yes or no. And the then mediums make the move. Mm, okay. Yeah, right. Nancy uses a pendulum to greater success than anybody I've ever seen use a pendulum. From day one. From first time I picked it up. <laughs> yeah. What's yes? Oh, that's freaky. What's no? What's I don't know? I, yeah. I have never seen a pendulum work like Nancy's. And we've used it in multiple different... We've used multiple different pendulums. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Multiple. Mm. She's used mine. And mine don't... I thought mine were broken because they just don't work for me pendulums so nancy tell about the experiment (laughs) so i um i was doing a little bit of research i or i was watching um boy i should have got her name but she's on um one of my favorite shows open minds on gaia with regina meredith and she was talking about divination and it was this last week i was like okay i'm gonna watch that and she used the pendulum in partnership with cards to the point where Here's my three decks. Which one should I use? Yes, no. Yes, no. Okay, this deck. Divide it out. Which cards? What pile of cards am I going to? And I did the experiment last night and started with three decks and clearly said yes to this one. Split it down to four piles till I got down to one. And then I used the other deck and I got a, the three-card drawing. And very clear, very yes and very no and... And she even used it to the point where, okay, now I have the card. Am I going to go with my gut feeling or am I going to go with the book? If I'm going to go with the book, am I going to go with the first page or the second page? Okay, second page, what paragraph? And she would drill it down 
for her spirit guide to tell her exactly the message he was trying to give her with that card. And so mine, I think I spent about 15 minutes, got the two different readings. And then I said, Kristen, when she came over today, I'm like, let's do a little experiment because as Kristen said, pendulums aren't really her thing. Most of the time they won't even move. And um, you can let them know how your little experiment went. So yeah, let's lead this off with, like I said, I'm a tarot reader. I will pull, pull the cards and tell you what my gut says. Yeah. Every time. And I'm good at it. Like, yeah. Well, Nancy knows. I'm not bragging. I'm stating. I no, that's her, her strength. Isn't literal decades of work in this. Like I put in the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but pen, pendulums won't move for me. Yeah. But I, and she's not, not like, don't even get a vibration most yeah, of the time. They just yeah, say, and they're I, like, they, mm, no. This is not how the greater than chooses to communicate with exactly. me. Exactly. So, uh, Nancy, so I'm over at Nancy's. She brought down three decks. Now, bear in mind, these aren't my decks. Yeah. These are her decks. So there's no connection. She brought down three decks and a pendulum. Yeah. And my first instinct when I picked up the pendulum was, oh, this is a brand new pendulum. Yeah. It was pretty new. It hasn't I used it this weekend, but, or yesterday, but maybe once or twice before, but not, it's not one of my. I was like, okay, that's interesting. It feels very light and very hesitant. Yeah. Um, so I did the first four decks and I got, well, first of all, I start off and I always ask the pendulum, which direction is yes, which direction is no. And I got good answers. And I thought, okay, well, that's a, we're off to a good start because I actually got a, a left to right was yes and up and down was no. And I thought, okay, well, that's more than I usually get from my pendulums. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we did the first four decks, all no's, except for the one that was vibrating really weird. A couple of times you got a very, very obvious, so much of a vibration that the chain yeah. was vibrating and too. And I, I don't know what that was trying to tell me. But then she brought down another four decks, and on the first deck, it was a clear yes. Okay, so the deck she brought down, the deck that was a yes, has two decks in it. It's supposed to work kind of a... Like uh, a shadow. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is, whatever, it's two decks. Yeah. So I asked, is it this one or this one? And got a clear answer. And I broke it down, and I ended up getting clear enough answers that when I flipped over the last two cards in the pile, I knew they were supposed to be that that was the answer. I didn't need to ask any more questions. Those cards worked together to answer the question I had formed in a way that made sense to me. And I was just like, okay, that's, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go home um, and try it with my decks. Yeah. Especially with decks I already have like, relationship with or really good communication skills with just yeah. to see what happens because it'll be interesting to see if my pendulums react because one thing I've noticed um in general with divination and different tools that we use as as witches we all have our strengths and we all there's going to be ways that our guides are going to be more comfortable communicating with us mm-hmm. so I use cards Nancy uses a pendulum. Mm-hmm. You have a spirit board. The spirit board works for me. It's always worked for me. I love a good Ouija board. They're just another tool. Yeah. Um, if you know what you're doing. Open and close the session. Open and close the session. I do that with pendulums. Yeah. I don't do that with tarot because I can close the door on the tarot by yeah. closing them away in the box. So I don't open and close the session with a tarot. Yeah. 
quite like I do with other tools. Yeah, I think that's very common. But that's a conversation I've had. Yeah. But spirit boards, I can work a spirit board, but I also know people who can make that sucker fly. Like make the thing fly. Divination is going to be what works for you and your guides. So don't be afraid to try out different methods. Don't be afraid to look, dig in and invent your own. And I totally forgot that I had, um, she also had that book. Remember I got the book that had all the charts to work with. And I totally forgot I have that book. I forgot you have that book. Yeah. We used it when we used to meet at the office. Um, There was even health questions, remember, like if you had issues with that? Yeah, because we've used used a pendulum to determine where we're blocked. Yeah, for chakras, yeah. It works amazingly well. Great success. Yeah. And they did work for me that time. But I think part of that was you had opened the session and kind of made it very clear that they were going to work. So, overall. Find what works for you. Find what works for you. And remember that... When we're talking about divination and telling the future, especially in a pagan lifestyle, what we're really talking about is some cosmic sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Because we're gonna, you're going to be getting answers from the greater than. You're going to be getting answers that are on a timeline you're not on. You know, you could be getting answers. You could be thinking, I'm asking, what's the vibe for today? And the cards are going to give you an answer that isn't going to make sense. But if you look at your patterns, you're going to go back and go, oh, that question I asked was actually, the answer I got was actually about some soul stuff I needed to be working on, Mm. on a cosmic level. Yeah, so maybe not quite, and it might make sense. Like, I had a reading this weekend with a pretty famous medium with a Zoom meeting, and... um, one of the things he says, you know, whatever I give to you, it may not make sense to you right now, but you may go home and tomorrow and go, oh, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. So and that's where um, journaling, I think, really comes into harmony, even though I'm very bad at that. I buy journals. <laughs> I'm good at buying journals. I bought one that has stickers and everything. <laughs> Have It had a fluffy pen and it had magic on it. But the actual using of the journal, I bought my Book of Shadows book. <laughs> Have I? No. I've got a vision journal. Mm, mine have a couple. So maybe that should be like my fall uh, mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. where like, okay, I'm going to start using my journals because that would help look for patterns. Especially yeah. like you're doing your daily draw and writing that down. And I bought a journal that has the room for that, but. I, with my first cup of coffee in the morning, after I run my report, I draw, and it depends on the deck. Mm -hmm. I have a huge deck collection, and um, I typically try to use one deck per week so that I have seven days of that deck talking to me so I can see any patterns that deck has but yeah. sometimes sometimes I'll go to grab one and or grab that one and it'll just be like nope not going to talk to you today yeah. but it's good to see patterns yeah. in what it's telling you because again and it's so hard to explain to people sometimes but we're not talking when we're talking about pagan life we're talking about things I don't want to say transcendent. I don't want to make it 
sound like it's this big woo-woo thing, but we are really, a whole lot of us are tapping into these very bigger than us things. Mm -hmm. And so they're communicating in a completely different timeline and a completely different language. And because we're small little humans, we don't always catch the nuance. Yeah. I kind of liken it to, you know, a lot of us who are very metaphysical, we are learning the language and we can have a basic conversation. Yeah. But like, for example, I took several years of Spanish and I haven't practiced my Spanish for a very long time. I can understand some very, I can still understand very, very basic stuff. Yeah. When they speak slowly. <laughs> I don't always, I can't always give you back an answer. Yeah. Sometimes I can, yeah. but I can't always give you back an answer. For a lot of metaphysical practitioners, that's kind of where we're at. We may be able to understand more of what's coming at us mm -hmm. then we're able to verbalize back and in some cases we won't have the words and or, or the ability to understand like yeah. instead of asking me where the library is they're asking me to tell them how to build the library i don't yeah. have the words for building a library i don't have the english words for building <laughs> yeah, really. like yeah that's the kind of converse you know sometimes we're having those very basic conversations and sometimes we're having very non-basic conversations yeah. So don't get discouraged when you're looking at these things that you're convinced are answers, but they don't make sense to you because yeah. maybe it's not time for them to make sense to you. Yeah. Yes. I love, I love what we can comprehend, which is pretty much my visions all the time. <laughs> Everything in my world right now feels like that has been our divination episode. I think we will be doing very soon a tarot episode. Yes. Um, which I don't even have to write that one. Um, <laughs> um, and with that, you can find us at LunarMagicTeaTime.com. You can email us at Lunar at LunarMagicTeaTime.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, both the group and the Facebook page. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LunarMagicTeaTime.com. All of your podcasting services, I guess. We're just going to put it <laughs> under that umbrella. Like right. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, CastBox, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> the Lunar Magic Tea Time podcast. So stay safe, stay cool, and uh, hopefully maybe meditate for rain and cooler temperatures. Yes. <laughs> if you live anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, we would like to go ahead and send us some, some rain. Bye.